Welcome to the Plymouth Meeting Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope the following message touches your hearts and minds. When he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. He left Nazareth and went to live in Capernaum by the sea in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. The land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, along the road by the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who live in darkness have seen a great light. And for those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. (coughs) From then on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he was walking along the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Follow me, he told them, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with Zebedee, their father, preparing their nets, and he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. Now Jesus began to go all over Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Then the news about him spread throughout throughout Syria. So they brought to him all those who were afflicted, those suffering from various diseases and intense pains, the demon-possessed, the epileptics, and the paralytics, and he healed them. Large crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. May God add his blessing to us. I once took a film class, and they didn't give us cameras or anything. We didn't, like, make movies. Uh, it, was, it was all classroom. We, we talked about the history and art of, of filmmaking, got into uh, the, the history, the different genres, just really, it was a deep dive into all things cinema. And uh, just like when you talk to anybody who's really into a craft, you find out that there is a lot of intentionality, there's a lot of strategy that goes into their craft, like, like filmmaking. And so it's, it's amazing even in like a, a short clip, a, a one to two minute scene in a film, there can be so many technical things to break down. Did you see the lighting and, or the use of color, uh, how, how the, the camera angle pivoted and the, just they followed the rule of, of thirds there. It's just something happened in the music. There's just so many different things you could break down. A lot of strategy going into making even just a short little clip. Many things to talk about. So we are the the people of God. And in community, we are following after Jesus. We want to make following Jesus our craft. That's what we're about. We want to make following Jesus 
our craft. And, you know, sometimes we, we learn about Jesus, we learn from Jesus. But today, uh, we are interested, uh, we are going to consider learning from Jesus from a, a technical uh, perspective, a more stra- strategic perspective this morning. <clears throat> I think there's value in just simply watching Jesus, almost as if we're film critics and we're breaking down the scenes. You know, just to watch Jesus simply, what is he up to? What are his, his movements? And so to tell you up front, my, my assumption this morning is, you know, I do think that Jesus moved with, with purpose. He wasn't random. I also think that the gospel writers, uh, of, of all the, the Jesus stories that they could add to their account, they specifically had to pick certain Jesus stories. I think there's intentionality with that. Uh, They also wrote those gospel accounts to specific audiences, and and I just see there's intentionality, and I just want to suggest this morning that there is like this strategy layer that's kind of baked into the gospel accounts and the gospel narratives uh, for us to consider. We can pick up these descriptive patterns uh, and then apply them to our, our own life. I started putting together this sermon in early January, if you were here when uh, Reverend Al Giles filled in the pulpit, he was talking about the patterns of Jesus that day. Um, and that was like, I'm like, yeah, like this is what I was, this is where I'm going with, with uh, my, my next sermon. Uh, I didn't know it'd be until the 29th, but here we are. Um, it's like that's, there's some wind in our sails. We're, we're looking at the descriptive patterns of Jesus. And so what we're going to do today is we have a few scenes to look at. Okay, you're going to have to play your your Jesus head movies there. Uh, We're going to be taking a look at some scenes that will kind of walk us through geography, message, community, and and moving on mission. So Matthew chapter 4 is where we're at. Thank you, Jess, for, for reading it. We're watching Jesus. We're paying close attention to Jesus, to the, to the technical. And it's through this scripture engagement this morning, we're following Jesus together. So as a, a prelude, getting into what we'll cover today. All right. So this is like the, the intro to the movie here. <laughs> as a prelude, uh, three times early in, in Matthew's gospel account. We actually see Jesus, he's like a refugee of of sorts. Um, First, in in Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, baby Jesus had to flee from Herod the Great. They withdraw into Egypt. They they flee to Egypt. Then a little bit later, toddler Jesus, along with mom and dad, of course, they they flee to Nazareth because they want to avoid Herod's son. And then later, grown-up Jesus, again, he has to withdraw. He, he flees to uh, Capernaum. John the Baptist is arrested, and that, that kind of triggers Jesus to, to make some, some pivots. Now, this, this word here, uh, basically, you know, yeah, it means there's, there's a strategic withdrawal to avoid danger. I would never say Jesus had fear of, of man or anything like that. This is a strategic withdrawal to avoid danger. And then once Jesus moves 
into Galilee, his, his ministry really takes off. And Jesus is just really on, on the move. He's hiking everywhere. Sometimes he, he takes a boat. And some of the biblical irony that comes off the pages is this. The son of man who doesn't really have a home, he's on mission to bring people into the home of God. And so, uh, as we were saying, we're going to take a look at some scenes. Our, our first scene to take a look at, our first piece of technical information, is to consider the geography of Jesus. So John the Baptist, the forerunner, prophetic ministry, renewal ministry out in the wilds and, and so forth, that ministry is shut down, he's arrested, he's in prison. John the Baptist is, is off the scene. And so Jesus, as we just mentioned, he, he withdraws into upper Galilee. Galilee is the northernmost territory of Israel's land. Uh, Jesus grew up in lower Galilee. He's withdrawing into upper Galilee. And specifically, this region, it's distinct because there's a lot of non-Jewish residents there. And there's a historical explanation to that. This is the old tribal stomping grounds of Zebulon and Naphtali. Two tribes that were hit hard by the Assyrian invasion a long, long time ago. Their land was hit hard by the Assyrians. Non-Jewish people came in and started living there. Okay? And so uh, Galilee, this part of Galilee, is known for its non-Jewish residents or Gentiles. Now, Matthew makes a nod to Isaiah about 700 years or so before all of this happened. Isaiah sees this geographical location. He sees these people living in darkness, uh, but then a great burst of light just breaks the darkness. And in Matthew chapter 4, Matthew just like profoundly says, yes, this is Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world. He is here specifically in this geographical area that Isaiah called out a long time ago. Here's Jesus. He's changing lives. He's bringing joy to a very sad place. Now, specifically, Jesus chose the large town of uh, Capernaum as his headquarters, so to speak. And let's just talk about that real quick. Uh, this City, large town, is located on the Sea of Galilee, okay? Rome, we know they built a ton of highways. We have some highways running through Capernaum, so a lot of traffic moving through. Roman army station is there, so there's troops there. We have a military presence. We also know that there was a tax collector station there as well. Now, in terms of, of launching a ministry out of this little... Nazareth, that's obscure, or Capernaum, with, which has all this stuff going for it. Which is strategically better? It's Capernaum by a long shot. Much strategically better to start a ministry. Now, I, I lean towards Jesus um, being aware of geography and really understanding place. And so from a technical point of view... I think if, if Jesus was strategic about place, what does that mean for us? Do we know... I'm sorry, there's a uh, slide missing, I just realized. 
Um, if Jesus was strategic about place, what does that mean for us? Uh, do we know our place? What is our whereabouts? That's question number one in your, your handout today. There's a, a theologian named Tim Geringe, and he reminds us to be human is to be placed. We're all born somewhere. We're all born somewhere. And, and so, you know, I was actually thinking about this, and it's like, wow, and this is just my opinion. You know, as we learn to follow Jesus, I think it would be so important also to have like some geography classes in our Sunday school programs, etc., to, to learn about the people of the world, demographics and, and history and, and culture. These are this is all vital, important stuff. I think there's valuable information buried in Natural history, local history, local vegetation and flowers. Why not? There could be something there. Where does our water come from? Where does our trash go? Where do the, the roads come from? Where do the roads go? What's the transportation life like? What are the demographics like? Is there a downtown? Is there a chamber of commerce? How do people spend their money? How do people spend their time? Sports, art, culture. Is there a military presence, an academic presence? Are you guys picking up on this? Is there, is there unrest, segregation, you know, like cultural issues, social issues? Like, it's all important information. Do we know our place? Do, I, do we know our own geography? And that's, that's the challenge for us today. And I think as, as we try to answer this, hey, what is M- Montgomery County all about? What is Philadelphia area all about. Maybe there's something God wants us to notice in the place that we live. I think it's hard to care for a place if we don't love it. It's hard to love a place if you don't know it. It's hard to know a place if you don't really experience it. So Jesus was intentional with geography. He's also intentional with with his message. Did you know that the gospel accounts give us the summary and key and core message of what Jesus was preaching? Okay. Matthew puts it this way, 417. Repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Other gospel accounts put it this way, like the kingdom is here. It's arriving. It's breaking in. Therefore, repent and believe the good news. This is Jesus's key message. So in terms of technical maneuvers here, yes, Jesus, he had a core message. He, he taught, he told stories about a lot of different things, but here it is. Kingdom is arriving. Repent and believe the good news. And so if we want to imitate Jesus, I say let's make his core message our core message. And it looks like this. I just want to walk through it briefly okay god is king jesus is king the king is is creator and and ruler over all of creation and the king he wants to make a new community around himself he wants to do this because he he's actually like he wants to do what he's been wanting to do since the days of of the garden and then Israel, now in the church age, he wants to rule over creation in partnership with his humans. 
in and through humanity. He wants to rule over all of creation for his glory. And so Jesus is here. The king is here. And, and the kingdom is, is breaking into our lives. It's arriving into our lives. And how that happens, it happens in a bunch of different ways. Um, sometimes it happens when we read scripture, uh, maybe through a sermon. God gets our attention through life events, maybe studying the word and community, worshiping God. There's multiple ways that God wants to tap us on the shoulder. He wants to give us those heart pinches to let us know, hey, the kingdom is here. The kingdom, the rule of God is here. And then we don't just say, okay, and move on. There's an invitation to repent and believe the good news. Repentance, sometimes it's taught to us as a scary word. It means to turn, to change. It's a change in your heart and mind that leads to a change in behavior. We take good stuff to God. We learn from it so that we can change. We take our bad stuff to God so that we can learn from it and so that we can change. That's the invite. Kingdom is breaking in. We repent and believe the good news. And as we walk with the king, the king is all about identity restoration. About transformation and life change to teach us how to be humans. New humans on this Planet And spiritually, this happens again through believing the good news of Jesus, believing in his his goodness, his grace, his forgiveness. We learn to trust the king. And while it might start as Jesus and me, it very quickly becomes Jesus and we. The king is making a new community around himself, this faith community is then to show the rest of the world, hey, this is what it looks like when God rules our hearts. Back to Matthew four seventeen, Like a sunrise peeking over a hill, the rays of the kingdom, they're breaking into our lives. And the secret sauce is to wake up and listen to what God is saying to us, to take him at his word, and then to walk in obedience. Now, it's okay to have other life verses, but this, this verse, or the ones in Mark and Luke, repenting and believing the good news. The kingdom is here. These are, this is a, a key message, a core message for you to hang your, your hat on, for sure. So Jesus was intentional about geography. He had a core message. Next, we'll ask, you know, who is your Who? We'll talk about community. Next in Matthew, the third scene that we'll, uh, we'll check out here. We see Jesus is calling a few uh, to be his disciples. In this scene, for now, it's just four fishermen. Simon, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. Jesus takes on the role of being a Jewish teacher. Also known as a rabbi, right? Basic Jewish education looked like this. Between ages 5 to 10, everyone was educated, okay? At age 10, a select few would go on to the next level. And then at age 15, if you were, if you were the right stuff, 
rabbis would come by and they would look for disciples, students. That's what that word means, okay? Uh, the fancy word is Talmudim. They would look for their, their, their students and rabbis would pick their students. And so that's opposite to our culture today. We typically, we get to pick schools and classes and electives and things like that. There's way more freedom on the students' end of choosing who they learn from, okay? No, back then, rabbis picked their student. If you were selected, then you were entering this third tier of education. Uh, and it was, it was pretty incredible because you would actually go live with your rabbi. Where they go, you go. What they eat, you eat. Where they sleep, you, you sleep. You learn by following close. Okay? So you, you need to get that, that in your mind. Get that picture like this. This is a, this is a whole big calling. This is this, a lot of following that is happening. It's a life of immersion, of constant apprenticeship. You're learning and you're following so closely to your rabbi. And so in this scene here, in Matthew chapter 4, Rabbi Jesus is selecting his students. And he selects four fishermen. I mean, the boat already, <laughs> the ship sailed <laughs> a long time ago. These guys, like, fishermen are, are, are lower <laughs> social status. They clearly weren't selected before when it was their time to be, you know, uh, picked. You know, they, they are older in life. Um, we think John was probably the, the youngest disciple, but again, they're just fishermen, and now a rabbi is calling them. This is such a huge honor. Jesus calls them, and then what I love here is that Jesus already gives them a vision of what they're going to be doing further down the path. You're going to fish for people. Now, as a side note real quick, Jesus' hometown... <laughs> And Jesus' family wasn't super supportive. So definitely, Jesus is going to have to start a new family, a new extended family around himself in order to carry out this mission. Because we know, like, we need to multiply ourselves in ministry. And so Jesus, he's, he's bringing in these guys. We know they had families. And so, he, you know, Jesus is interacting with, with others. And, you know, it was most likely a, a larger group than what we sometimes initially imagine. But still, Jesus' strategy is to invest in a few. He's going to do life with them. I know that's a cliche, but I, I like that cliche. They're going to live with Jesus. They're going to learn from Jesus. And he's, he is creating a new community around himself, and he's sharing the work. And what defines this new community, it's not blood type. It's not who you know or you're, you're, you know, who you're related to. It's not denominational background. It's all about having a covenantal relationship with the King of Kings. Those who are awake and walking with the king and repenting, they're turning, they're changing, they're after life change, they're hungry for transformation, they're believing in this good announcement that the king's rule is here and his restoration project is underway, that God is up to something new. We don't need to look like the rest of the world, but we are going to be this alternative community and God is in charge. 
So Jesus, he's teaching them. He's, he's, uh, there's, there's unlearning and, and new learning that's happening. He's restoring their identity into the kingdom of God. He's going to have to explain things. But overall, there's a lot of modeling and imitating Jesus. And then at the appropriate time, Jesus is going to release them. He's going to send them out and then eventually just give everything over to them. He's ascending up into glory. And these fishermen, in just three years, they're going to be pillars of the early church. So that's from Matthew chapter 4. Let's go to us now. The question for you is, who is your who? Not, not Hugh, but who? Who is your who? <laughs> All right. And part of that answer is, is Plymouth Meeting Church. We're a social group of Jesus followers, worshipers of Jesus, and we're here banding together in covenant. We're following after Jesus together. So part of that answer is PMC is your who. We embody, we're, we're seeking to embody and always like learning, hey, this is what it means to follow Jesus. And we look at the whole council of scripture together in community, and, and we don't have all the answers, but we're here in community. Jesus is our center. And so PMC is a part of that. But maybe if we can kind of just zoom in a little bit tighter, you know, who do you do life with? Who are you discipling? Who's discipling you? Are you mentoring anybody? Are you studying Jesus? Books of the Bible with anybody Jesus had a lot of people in his life, but his strategy was to invest in a few. He definitely spoke to crowds. He spoke to outsiders, but his main work was investing in a few. So as you follow Jesus, I want to encourage you this morning to think about who's just a few people. You already have some good relationship there. You know, you don't have to reinvent that wheel. It's just, who's your who? And you can just invest in their lives. Maybe it's just your family and you start there. Maybe it's a small group here at church or like a book club that you do at work or something like that. Now, some of you might struggle with kind of answering this question. Because I have suspicion that a lot of churches actually don't know how to do community well. And some of you, I'm sure, might have some wounds from just how lousy churches have been with just doing community. And whenever we, we critique the church, simultaneously, uh, we are also invited to be responsible for the solution. And so I say, you know... If you're struggling with a sense of connection and community, I say, let's do something about it. Let's start a conversation. Let's see how we can get plugged in. Goodness. Our last scene to take a look at is uh, verses 23 to 25. Again, we just see Jesus. He's on a move. He's on a walkabout. Okay. Jesus is moving all over Galilee. He's on mission. He teaches and preaches in synagogues. So that means he's inter interacting with religious leaders and religious people. He, we know he's out in the countryside as well. He's running into common folk. He's also intersecting with the broken. He has a healing ministry going on. He's healing the sick and the broken. Wherever Jesus went, wherever he walked about, 
he intersected with a bunch of different people. And the same is true for us. We cross paths with so many different people. If it's really true that Jesus is with us, wherever we go, Jesus goes with us. As we're on the move, we bring about that core message of the kingdom. We bring about the message of love and truth and grace. We certainly can be people of love and truth and grace. We can serve others. We can be agents of all kinds of of healings. Maybe we just start with taking Jesus at his word. And the prayer request is to just see people as Jesus sees them. God wants to partner with his people. And the invite is to become an active participant in the kingdom of God. And so whenever we're on our own walk about, wherever we go and move about, we can move with a purpose in our step. And so uh, our last question today is, you know, how's your walk about? Do we move with purpose? The places we go, the people we bump into is an everyday opportunity to represent the kingdom of God, to represent this alternative community that's kind of happening off to the side here. Culture's doing its thing. And we got Jesus people doing their thing. For the glory of the Lord. Now, I have to be honest, I have a long history of just shuffling along, eyes to the ground, absorbed in a task. And I, I've been convicted lately to, to really just grow out of that, to, to repent and believe and, and to, to look for opportunities to see others. To bump into others that, that perhaps this is a divine opportunity, a, 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 a disruption, but something that God needs me to pay attention to. Jesus was a really busy guy, but if you notice, it was like a good kind of busy. Now, true, he, he had to say no to pray and rest. Okay, we, we know he had those rhythms, but in his walkabout, Jesus was open to opportunities. And actually, if we want to imitate Jesus, then that means we got to get really comfortable with being disrupted. Jesus was disrupted all the time. If it was a part of the mission, then Jesus was okay with it. And so in closing here this morning, geography matters. There is strategy in knowing the place that we're called to live and minister to. And our message matters. The good news is that the kingdom penetrates our hearts every day. And the the king's spirit fills us and leads us. And every day we get to reorient our life. And we don't have to do this alone because community matters. And we get to do life with others. We get to serve others. And we band together on mission because mission matters. And we walk about representing Jesus. We represent the king and the kingdom and the news of the kingdom. And we're following Jesus. We're following hard after him as a community. We're trying to learn what it means to be a new human. 
because we think the best life runs through the life of Jesus. Jesus is teaching us how to be new humans. And so in community, our schedules and our resources and how we spend our money and decisions, it all goes towards this following Jesus project. And then as a community, we present to the world, we are a tangible witness of who this king is. Who is he? He's the king of glory, and he means everything to us. And his good news has the power to change lives. And so Plymouth Meetings Church, let us continue to follow Jesus together. Let's continue to pay close attention and to learn from Jesus. Let's follow his examples, his patterns, his rhythms. Let's imitate his technique and his strategies. Following Jesus is our craft. Amen. Let's pray.